Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. There are so many names mentioned in the Torah, and we know so many of them so well. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Leah, Joshua, Moses, Aaron, Miriam. We know those names. We read stories about them in the Torah, and the rabbis had many of their own stories to tell about them through the magic of Midrash and Agadah of interpretation and storytelling. But the fact is that there are so many more names mentioned in the Torah, usually as part of the genealogical lists that appear in different places in the Torah, and we know nothing about these people, just their name. And in many cases, in most cases, the rabbis leave it that way. We just don't know, and we're not interested in creating stories about those individuals, but there are some that the rabbis do tell stories about, stories out of the rabbinic imagination and creativity. And they can do it for one of two reasons or both reasons. There's something we can learn from this individual, or there's something unique about the way their name is presented in the Torah that makes them stand out and demand a story being told about them. This week we read Parshat Bo, the story of the actual exodus from Egypt. And while the individual I want to talk about today and share with you a midrash about, a, a, a legend about, is not mentioned in Parshat Bo, the most famous and I think the most beautiful story told about this individual is takes place right during the time of Parshat Bo. So let me explain. The individual's name, the individual who I'm referring to, is Serach Bat Asher. Serach, the daughter of Asher. In the story in the book of Genesis about the 70 individuals who go down to Egypt with Jacob to settle in Egypt at Joseph's invitation, we read very simply in verse 17 of chapter 46 of Genesis, Uvnei Asher, the children of Asher, the sons of Asher, Imna, Ishva, Ishvi, and Bria, the Serach Achotam, and their sister Serach. Right there, there's something special. Serach is the only one of her generation, the only female of her generation who's mentioned. That's enough of a reason why she stands out. But there's another reason and it is really curious. In Numbers chapter 26, verse 46, as the people are camped near the border of Canaan and preparing in certain ways for the entrance into the land, in chapter 26, verse 46, guess whose name shows up? Sarah Badasher. The rabbis were thrilled by this, amazed by it. And there is a rabbinic commentary that Sarah, in fact, lived an extremely long life, extremely long life, that she had been granted this life according to one of the commentaries as a reward. But one way or the other, she comes down to Egypt, lives through the 400 years of slavery, comes through the wandering in the desert, and is camped with the rest of the community on the border. It's a fascinating story. But that's not enough to just say she lived that long a life. What was the reason? What was the purpose? Why? 
rabbis had an answer for this, and that's the legend I want to share. When Joseph was about to die, he makes his family swear, promise, that they will bring his bones from Egypt and bury him in Canaan. Family is not going to leave Egypt right away. So Joseph is entombed in Egypt. And after the 400 years of slavery, it's time to leave. And now the community has to fulfill the command of Joseph and the promise that they have agreed to. But the question is, where is Joseph's tomb? And the person who knew the answer to that was Sarah. According to the story, Sarah was there, saw where Joseph was entombed, and was kept alive all of those years so that when the time came to leave, she came to Moses and said to Moses, this, and she points to a place, according to the story, in the Nile River where Joseph's tomb had been submerged. And according to this beautiful legend, Moses calls out, Joseph, Joseph, let your bones rise. And the, the tomb in which he had been buried rises up. Moses is able to take the bones and carry them with the people, according to the tradition, in the Aron, in the Ark of the Covenant, up to the land of Canaan, where he is in fact buried. So Sarah presents this connection with the past and the present, and in fact the future. In this week's Torah portion, after one of the plagues, Pharaoh seems to be weakening in terms of letting the people go, at least go out into the desert to make a sacrifice, to pray to God. And Pharaoh says to Moses, who's going to go? And Moses says, we will go with our young people and our old people. And Pharaoh is enraged by this. And he says, if you're going to take the whole community, you're not going. And rescinds any offer he had made for the people to go. We will go with our young and with our older people. Think about the meaning of that. The people are about to leave Egypt. Why is it so important to mention that the older and the younger people will go? Well, I think it's important because it's the older people, the older generation, who know the history. They've been told the stories, and hopefully they've told them to their children and grandchildren, but they provide the wisdom, not just the wisdom that comes with age, but the familiarity with the community, the familiarity with the history that is so important. That's what Sarah represents to me. Sarah represents a knowledge of where you came from, that you share with a new generation. It has occurred to my brother and my cousins and myself over the last few years that we are now the older generation. Our parents' generation, generations of uncles and aunts to a great extent, have died. It's died off. We are the elders now. And we are the ones who are the younger people turn to to learn the history of our family. I feel very fortunate that while they could, my parents, my uncles, older cousins told so many stories to us. Not all of them. 
ironically enough, in talking about Sarah, one of the stories that I begged my mother to tell me and to find out more about was where her oldest relative was buried, her great-grandmother, whom she always told me was buried someplace in Massachusetts where we grew up. She never followed up on finding out where. We were fortunate enough a few years ago to actually have filled in that gap in the story through the fantastic uh, uh, resource of the internet, Ancestry.com and some other places. We were actually able to find this out. But that's just one story. There are so many others they did tell us. And now it's our responsibility to tell our children and the grandchildren, not just our stories, but the stories of the past so that they will be passed down. Unlike Sarah, none of us are going to live for 500 years. Instead, what we can do is tell our children and our grandchildren the stories that they should know so that when future generations ask them, they'll be able to fill in as many gaps as possible. It's a responsibility of those who find themselves as the oldest generation to make sure that the younger ones know the story of where they came from. This beautiful story of Sarah, in addition to so many other lessons it might teach, teaches us the importance of passing on memories. Until next time, thank you.